This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right. On today's show, we're going to kind of just step away a little bit from the GM and head coach search that the Vikings are currently still uh, in the middle of. And we're going to kind of just look at some early stuff about the NFL draft. I think uh, now that we're in the offseason, we can start to focus on that, the roster. It's kind of hard to predict what the Vikings might do, given that they don't have a GM and a head coach and what sort of direction they might head in. But, you know... Either way, we'll just find out some some early things. Maybe that will help us down the road. And here to help us do that is Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network. He has been on the show before. So just welcome back to the show, Ian. Yay, thank you for having me, man. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, this draft season compared to the last one, like, yeah, I thought I was prepared for the last one. But, you know, this year, we um the draft ended in, I think, like, May 1st or 2nd. And then, like, a week or two later, we were starting scouting reports for this year already. So we got, we got in early, and uh, we're still going. We're down to – we're trying to finish up the Senior Bowl roster, scouting reports for those guys. But the work never truly ends, man. There's so many – prospects to unearth and you just got to keep digging so it's been a fun process and happy to you know down the stretch here kind of connect it to the nfl and team needs and, and keep doing mock drafts because that's what people are interested in you know who can help our team right now so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it for sure and i think this this year it seems like there's a lot of unknown about the the prospects in there's draft the draft they're like there's some guys that you know name wise people can recognize but i feel like there's there's a lot of guys that that people don't know like that that uh, you know could end up being good players down the road in the NFL. So let, but let's focus on you know I'm sure you're going to talk about this a lot over the next few months. But this year's quarterback class. Now the Vikings they do have Kirk Cousins, but he has one year left on his deal, and the new GM and new and new head coach are coming in, so they're probably going to want their guy, and that could come from the draft or or somewhere else. Um, but we've heard this year's quarterback class, you know, not the greatest. 
but we've also heard that about past quarterback classes. I think there was I saw something about you know somebody saying 2017 quarterback class wasn't going to be that good, and that, that ended up having Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So sometimes you know you never know. But what are your thoughts this year uh, on this year's quarterback class? Yeah, it's a really interesting class. I try to avoid the word bad, you know, like uh, if, if you want to compare it one to one to previous years, it's not great. You know, it's definitely a lot less inspiring than previous years. There's a lot more uncertainty involved with these guys. But I do think there is raw talent that you can mold if you put them in the right situation. That's the biggest thing, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. I look at and I think the, the really interesting thing about this year is you go back to the senior bowl last year. There's only one quarterback who went in round one at the senior bowl. That was Mac Jones. This mm-hmm. year, you've got Kenny Pickett, you've got Carson Strong, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell. All five of those guys could potentially go in round one. And oh, wow. the, the showcase at the Senior Bowl, you know, how they perform, that could go a long way toward kind of directing the order in which they go in and, and which teams kind of fall in love with them, right? So the Senior Bowl was great for that, for NFL teams to get kind of a, a up-close and personal look. But if I could give the Cliff Notes version of this class and kind of break it down just in like 60 seconds, you know, there's you got your high floor guys, you got your high ceiling guys. I think Malik Willis is the highest ceiling. You look at his athleticism, his arm talent, uh, but and Liberty, the supporting cast, the offensive scheme really didn't do him any favors. So, you know, you got to you got to kind of project and say if he's in a better situa- situation, his natural talent can probably shine through a little bit more. And he's definitely very evasive as a runner and has a cannon for an arm. But there are some processing lapses. He doesn't, you know, a lot of the sacks that happen, it's kind of half and half his offensive line and him working himself into corners and, and kind of causing that chaos, that unneeded chaos. So a lot, to, a lot to refine with Willis, but the upside is tops in this class. Kenny Pickett's my, my personal QB1 for now. Um, I'm a big fan of what he has to offer. I was a fan of his upside last year. I was saying he could be a potential starter. He ended up going back in 2021, and it was a great thing for him. I think, you know, he's an outlier in multiple ways. He didn't really produce a ton, didn't really produce consistently until this year, which as a five, as a four-year starter, that's a little bit of a red flag, right? And then the hand size is apparently an issue. Um, I want to see how he handles NFL footballs at the Senior Bowl because, you know, in college, I didn't think it was an issue. I still think he got really good spin on the football. He's got good arm talent. He doesn't have an elite arm in terms of strength. But I really like his ability to throw with velocity and accuracy off platform. He's got really good mechanics and that he keeps his shoulders level. You know, he can he can kind of load his hips and get that hip torque through his throws. Uh, and then on top of that, I think he's the best processor, the best manipulator when it comes to using his eyes to move safeties. Uh, so the you, the experience really shines through. And then on top of that, he's got talent. He's an athlete. He's got a good arm. So he's my QB one. Carson Strong is right behind him, though. Uh, Strong is more of the pocket passer. But if you're a pocket passer, I usually prefer mobile guys, but I have a checklist for pocket passers. You got to be poised. You got to have a strong arm. Uh, you got to be able to navigate the pocket. And you got to be able to do some pre-snap work to change your projections. And I think that Carson Strong can do that. Really smart quarterback, uh, sees the field well, can take some unnecessary risks. He has that arm arrogance where his arm is so strong. He thinks he can fit it anywhere, which mm. he does have the best arm in the class. But, you know, I, I do like Strong as a pocket passer. You know, he checks my boxes. And then Sam Howell, I think he's a tough competitor. Uh, he's got good accuracy, but there are some mechanical lapses with him uh, under pressure. He drops his eyes really easily and can, can kind of get, you know, thrown for a loop really quickly. And, you know, he's not the super evasive athlete. He's a decent athlete, don't get me wrong, but he's not quite the agile guy that Pickett is or the explosive guy that Willis is. He's kind of that bowling ball type dude. He's pretty, he's pretty thick. He's pretty stout. He's going to run you over. 
but not super evasive and that can get in his way sometimes. So, and then Desmond Ritter, you know, who has all the tools, he's athletic, he's got a good arm and he's a, a good leader too. I think he's not a bad processor. He just hasn't really been able to put it together in like four seasons as a starter. The mechanics can still be off at times. The accuracy has its highs and lows. So if he can put it together with an NFL coaching staff, he could be that wild card. I personally, after four years, we didn't see it. I'm a little hesitant to say we're going to see it. But, you know, if he goes to the right spot, never say never. So those are your, your QBs to watch in this class. Those are the guys that I think have that first round upside, the guys that you might be investing in as future franchise quarterbacks. Hey, talk about Kenny Pickett. You know, kind of only having one year of of really good production. I think you look back at maybe like Joe Burrow, and how he he kind of only had that one year with LSU. It was a really good year, yeah. um, but I think maybe that that'll help people kind of look past that. Yeah, know. and another thing with Pickett too. Like I think in previous years, def- don't get me wrong, he was inconsistent. That was mm-hmm. one of my main knocks. But there were there were some things working against him in 2020. He suffered a high ankle sprain and finished the second half of the year on a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. He came back after 26 days. He was supposed to sit out six weeks. So he had to wear a cleat that was, I think, two sizes bigger because mm-hmm. his ankle was still swollen and he was playing on it. So that's going to hurt you. I know he suffered a lot of drops in previous years, too. So, you know, you always saw the flashes with him. And obviously, when it's an outlier, you want to take that into account. But I think the the most recent body of work for me has to kind of take precedence. Like, what is he now? You know, what are we working with now? And yeah, Pickett definitely had he he spent a lot of work on the offseason working on his mechanics and making sure he was more consistent. And it really, really came through for him this year. Um, who do you think maybe could elevate their their status during the next few, I guess, few months of this this pre-draft process uh, when it comes to the quarterbacks? Yeah, I think, uh, oh, and there's one that I forgot to mention, Matt Corral, who's yep, yep. not going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I've been cooling a little bit on him recently, but he is athletic. He's got a really nice elastic arm, and he's a tough competitor too, but he's a little smaller. He's got a little bit lighter frame. He takes a lot of unnecessary hits, so that's I'm a little wary of that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be some durability issues there, but he's another guy to watch. I think, for me, who can kind of help boost their stock in the coming weeks, I think the Senior Bowl is going to be big. For guys like Sam Howell and Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, especially, you know, I, I think you look at and, you know, Kenny Pickett, too. I, I think his stock is a little bit more stable right now across the masses. I think for him, the big thing is going to be hand size because those NFL footballs they use at the Senior Bowl are a little bit bigger than the college footballs. So can he handle those? And he's rumored to have a, do- a double jointed thumb on his right hand, which is you know, further complicating an already pretty complex situation. So it's a little weird, but a lot to watch. You know, you can say that at least. But I think especially from Malik Willis and, and Sam Howell, those were guys who didn't quite take the uh, the uh, desired leap that you were expecting from them this past year. So if they can go to the Senior Bowl, you know, you're going to have interviews with, with uh, NFL teams. You're going to be able to show off your mechanics, your rhythm, how quickly you gain chemistry with guys and, you know, how you take leadership, how you kind of mesh with a new group of people. So if they win over NFL teams that the in the intangible ways like that, you know, someone might be willing to overlook the imper- imperfections because they say, hey, there's enough talent and he's got the right head on his shoulders. I'm willing to work with that and, and take the lumps early on. So I think definitely Willis and Howell because they just didn't take the leap that they were expected to. But, you know, teams are going to look at, you know, how are they off the field and what traits do they have? What traits do they have that I can mold? And the same thing goes for Desmond Ritter. I think he's going to boost his stock a lot in Mobile. He's If there's one guy in this group that's least often uh, referred to in round one, it's Ritter. But I do think Mobile can really change that for him because 
he's going to really win over a lot of guys with this character. He's a high character guy. We all know that. Was a great leader for Cincinnati. Really good head on his shoulders. And, you know, he's going to pop with the tools, too. He's one of the best athletes in this class. Really, really mobile quarterback. And then on top of that, he's got the arm. He can really drive it down the seam, drive it through tight windows outside the numbers. He's got that talent. It's just he never quite put it together. But if you're an NFL scout, you know, you're looking at him, you're looking at, hey, this guy can be the face of my franchise. He's a good leader and he's got all the tools that can be enough to sell them on that guy. So I think Ritter, Willis, Howell, you look at those guys who, you know, never quite put the consistency together, but have the tools and have the leadership ability to win over scouts. I think those are the guys that you're looking at to take a leap. And if Pickett, you know, if the hand size proves to be a non-issue, then I think you can say he takes a, you know, a leap in a sort of sense that, you know, he'll kind of stabilize his stock near the top of the group and kind of, you know, attain some confidence across the board. Hand size is a little sensitive topic for for Vikings fans since uh, <laughs> go back to Dante Culpepper and that was a bit of an issue for him. It led to a lot of fumbles. Uh, so that might turn some people off in the Vikings fan base if they hear any any bad stuff about hand size. When and Pickett did have Pickett. some fumble. He did have some fumble <laughs> issues in college. So oh, that, boy. That, that adds fuel to the fire. Now, I, I you know, I, it's not something that would preclude me from drafting him right. because like we said, I think he's one of the most complete quarterbacks in this class. And if he has a double jointed thumb, it helps the range of motion with his thumb, helps him spread out the hand a little bit more, can help him grip the football. You know, I, and I made sure to look at there were a few bad weather games in his college career uh, this past year against North Carolina being one of them. At, toward the end of the game, it was absolutely pouring. You know, it was raining. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the slippery conditions can impact your grip for any quarterback. But if you have smaller hands, it'll exacerbate the issue. I didn't think it really showed up. You know, there were a few iffy passes here and there, but he closed out the game and ended up winning it for the Pittsburgh Panthers in overtime, you know, even when it was pouring rain. So there's not enough there for me to say that it was an issue. And I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, there are some times when his escapability plays to his detriment because he, he works himself into corners sometimes, too, tries to do too much in open field. And sometimes the ball gets popped out. That's just how it is. So that's Pickett's style, too. That's sometimes how it is. But I think he improved it over the course of his career. It'll definitely be something to watch. And we, you know everyone is going to have their tape measure out mm-hmm. just to see what's going on. It's going to be something that draws a lot of eyes. Should be fun. Um, all right, so the Vikings could keep Kirk Cousins in 2022. He does have a year left, and they could figure something out to keep him around for another year. So maybe looking ahead to the 2023 quarterback class, I don't know how much you know about them already, but like, what are some of the you know, who are some of the guys that could come out in 2023 that might, um, you know, go high in the draft or, or be recognized as, as among the top prospects? Oh, yeah. You know, draft draft analysts are they have a problem, man. They don't stop working ahead. So <laughs> believe me, I, I know a little bit about these guys. Okay. And, you know, it, there's some natural exposure that comes with that from watching prospects on mm-hmm. the same team. Um, definitely the, the two headed monster at the top of next year's class is CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, mm-hmm. and those guys, I think you can make a case. Both of them would be QB one in this class already, you know, and, you know, it, it kind of says how weak this class is comparatively, but you know, if, if you're a team that's looking at this class and saying like, Hey, you know, there's no shame in taking a swing at one of these guys, but I feel a lot more confident about Young and Stroud then, you know, there's no shame in tanking this year and getting one of those guys and making sure that you set yourself up for maximum success. I think that Stroud is, especially Stroud, you know, there was calls for him to be benched earlier in the year, and then he really kind of turned it around and showed a ton of growth over the season. I think, you know, for him being such a young quarterback, and he's, it's, it's fun because he's an athletic guy. He can move. 
but he chooses to work in the pocket and dice up defenses that way. He's a great processor already. Uh, he's shown at his young age already that he can manipulate safeties and open up the seam. So I love that about Stroud. He's advanced beyond his years. Bryce Young is definitely more of the mobile quarterback in that, you know, I think he's a little bit more dynamic of an athlete. Stroud can move, but Young is a little bit higher level in that regard. Uh, he can make throws off platform. He's got a really elastic release um, and he's pretty accurate downfield. But then Bryce Young, too, really poised under pressure. We saw, especially in the SEC championship. Now, Georgia would go on to get them back in the, in the national championship. But, you know, time and time again this year going up against SEC competition, when Bryce Young is under pressure, he keeps his eyes downfield. He doesn't flinch and, you know, he makes the most of his opportunities. So those are two tough competitors with a lot of talent. And I think that either one of them can be a high level franchise quarterback. Going down the list, there's a few other guys that, you know, kind of stand out to me. Will Levis at Kentucky is a guy that I really liked this past year. He ended up going back, but uh, he's a super athletic guy, 6'3", 230. You know, he's got kind of got that Josh Allen vibe to him where, you know, he can bowl over guys, but also make you miss. He's a really good athlete in space, but he's got a really, really strong arm, too. He can just rocket it into tight spaces. Uh, and he showed some growth at Kentucky. He was a transfer from Penn State, came to Kentucky and really had a nice year. I thought he showed some growth down the stretch. Still things to work on. He's not quite at the level of the other guys, but he's a guy who has definite first round upside. So if you can't get Stroud or Young, You've got Will Levis. You've got other guys like Grayson McCall, who I don't think he has an elite arm, but he's another great athlete with you know some poise and toughness as a leader. And Phil Jerkovic going back. He's got more to work on. Now we're starting to get into the doldrums a little bit. The guys who have more to work on, they have the talent, but not quite there yet. Hendon Hooker, Tennessee, another one. There's some guys next year. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. You don't want to get tunnel vision on this year. You always want to have you know one eye in the future and say. Hey, do we want to take a risk on one of these guys or would it be more prudent to wait and invest in the guys that you're more confident in next year? So I could definitely see that mindset taking over some NFL front offices and going like, hey, let's be patient. Let's not rush into things because that might just set you up for three more eight and eight years and another rebuild. Right. So you really got to you really got to be wary. You know, if you like a guy, then if you trust your valuation, don't stray from that. But be open to, you know, waiting, be open to different possibilities. It's nine and eight now, Ian. And, you it's know, nine seven, and eight. Man, I'll never years. get used to that, man. I will never get used to that. <laughs> or oh eight, eight, and one. Eight, 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 and one. It could be. Yeah, I uh, remember after a week, after week 17, I was like, can we just take a screenshot and leave it there? I can't. <laughs> I'll never get used to the 17-game season. Yeah, I, I like it. I'll never get used to it. Don't worry. It'll be 18 soon. So Yeah, there we go. There, we'll just keep notching up a little bit. For sure. <laughs> um, all right, so moving away from the quarterbacks um, and this year's draft class, what would you say the – the two best position groups on the offensive side of the ball are in this year's draft pool? Well, I think you have to start with wide receiver. And okay. that that's feeling like uh, a broken record, right? Every year it seems yeah, like yeah, the wide yeah, receiver yeah. group. But, you know, I think that's how it is this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Garrett Wilson. Uh, you've got, shoot, Jameson Williams declared, even with the ACL tear. As long as he right. has a full recovery, he is a, you know, he's got near generational speed. He's like, you know, it's not. He's not going to run a four two. Well, he's not going to run at all now, unfortunately. But no. had he ran, he he wouldn't have run a four two two like like Ruggs did or John Ross did. Uh, Ruggs is a four two seven actually, but not like John Ross. But you know the, the the brand of speed that he has is really unique in that he's a he's a long strider. He covers a lot of ground with each stride. He's not the energetic guy who needs a little bit of space to gear up. Once he has a lane, he's gone, and he can really take the top off of the defense. And then on top of that, I think he's got co complete receiver upside, great hip sync on his routes, explodes out of breaks. He can uh, contort and track the football in the air. 
So Jameson Williams, when he's healthy, he was a contender for wide receiver one for me. Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver one, really great player. But you go you go down the list, man. I mean, there's so many good names to know. Uh, I'll just I'll try and fire off as many as I can here. But like Drake London, Traylon Burks, Jalen Tolbert, Wandale Robinson, uh, you know Romeo Dobbs, Jahan Dotson. The list goes on and on, man. And Erica Zukanma, Texas Tech, one of my personal guys that I really like. Um, they just keep going, and I could honestly, I could, I could get my, I could get my phone out, I, I could go to the draft database and you know fire it up real quick and get more. But you know, it's not just the top end talent too. There's like, there's at least a dozen guys who are worthy of you know day one, day two consideration. But there's also a lot of depth in this class too. Like if you're looking for a guy on day three, you know rounds five, six, seven. You can get one. You can get a guy who could factor in and be a nice rotational piece and maybe grow into something more. I think there's a lot of value out there. And, you know, I keep unearthing new guys every day. So it's a great class to need a wide receiver, whether it's early or late. You know, there's a lot of depth to go through. If I could pick another position, it would probably be running back. And it's kind of, um, you know, it's interesting because I don't think there's a first round worthy running back. But I do think there is a lot of depth, again, at the position you, you think of, you know, the top guys. Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker. But going down the list, too, there's a lot of guys who can be, you know, at least rotational starters, can be starters. A lot of really nice early utility in this class. Uh, you yeah, know, his you, brother. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna bring him up. He was one of the first guys I was thinking of, but James Cook, for sure. And he's an interesting one because he's a little lighter, but he's, a, he's already like an elite receiving back, right? So, you know, if you're the Vikings, you're thinking maybe get Dalvin and, and James in there oh for a little thunder and lightning, right? But, <laughs> you know, aside from that, too, there's Brian Robinson, who obviously tore up the playoffs. I was really impressed with his tape. Hassan Haskins, uh, Tyler Algier, Tyler Beatty. Um, shoot, and the list goes on and on, man. It, you know, I keep using that cliche. You know, I'm gonna get the database out real quick. We're gonna see oh how many names there are. But uh, going to offense, going to running back, Kyron Williams, Zonovan Knight, Jerome Ford, Rashad White, Sincere McCormick, Damian Pierce, uh, Tyler Goodson, uh, Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, there's and then Abram Smith from Baylor. There's so many guys, and then even as you go down the list, there's other. You know, there's FCS guys. There's smaller school guys who have value. You know, it's one of those positions. And I, I always love saying, like, if you have an extra, you know, sixth or seventh round pick, if you have extra picks on mid to late day three, you know, it's never a bad idea to take a swing on a running back because it's one of the most replaceable positions in the NFL. And yeah. I, I hate saying that because there are, you know, guys who are elite talents that are hard to replace. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the running back position is it's unique in that it's very dependent on another position group, which is offensive line. You know, if you have a good offensive line, you don't necessarily need a first round running back. You get a guy who's got good vision, good enough burst, you know, he, and some contact balance, and he can go on and have multiple 1,000 yard seasons. So, you know, this is a class. If you're looking to maybe move on from Dalvin Cook eventually in this with this impending rebuild, you know, maybe get a high value guy for a low price, let him ease his way in. I think this is a class that you can potentially do a good job at, at doing that. I think there's some value there for sure. And you always want value at running back. Be funny if the Vikings brought in uh, James Cook and Dalvin's all excited, and then he's like, "Well, actually, he's going to replace you." So, <laughs> uh, he's be like, "Wait, what?" It's like, "Wait, what?" And then yeah. like, you got to you got to wonder: Is this brotherly competition? What's going on here? Right. Like, no, I think yeah, um, yeah. But I agree with the the running back uh, assessment there that, that it's replaceable. I think the drop off from you know most starters around the league to uh, the backup 
isn't that big like compared to like something like quarterback or, or another position because you look at the titans they lost derrick henry for like half the season they i think they still ranked top five in uh in rushing yards yeah uh, this season so they found a way without the arguably the best running back in the league and as far as receivers go um you know adam Thielen's getting up there in age so i think that could be a position the vikings target you know in the mid rounds obviously they don't need a number one because of uh, you know this guy named justin jefferson mm-hmm. um and kj osborne's kind of you know uh taking a few steps this past season too so he could be emerging but i, I think that could be a position they they look at just because Thielen, he's and he was a little banged up this year banged up uh previous year as well so i think they could be starting to look for his replacement is getting a little yeah. pricey too. And if you're thinking about getting a young quarterback in the system eventually, you know, it's never a bad idea to stay stocked up on mm-hmm. weapons, right? You don't want him to come in and, you know, Adam Thielen's banged up. He's kind of past his prime, right? And there's no one else. You want to be the Jaguars. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be the Jaguars. You want to make sure when you're, you know, it doesn't need to be a perfect situation when that quarterback comes in, but make sure he's got something, you know, yeah. right? Someone, a young target to build chemistry with, you know, so just some building blocks, but you got to make sure you got to have an eye on the future. For sure. On the other side of the ball, what w- on defense, what would you say the two best and I guess two deepest position groups are in this yeah. year's draft pool? The first one's easy. It's edge. I mean, this this is a okay. potentially historic edge class, man. It's good. It, it is so exciting. And yeah, I know as a Vikings fan, you're like, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I remember you guys got like a couple mid round guys last year, right? Wasn't it? Um, yeah, like Patrick Jones, Patrick uh, Jones, and Janarius Robinson. I yep, think. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, so they did nothing. <laughs> yeah, and so like, and don't get me wrong. Like, you can wait a little bit, see if they realize their upside. But if you're looking for a guy who can make an impact right now, mm-hmm. this edge class is probably one of the best that i've seen and granted i'm i haven't been doing this long but you know it's 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 a really impressive group of players both Mm -hmm. up top and depth wise there's almost 20 guys on my list that were in my top 200 you know it was a stacked group and you know you just go down the list and we'll just keep using that cliche all day but you know starting at the top we gotta start at the top obviously Kayvon thibodeau aiden hutchinson two guys in contention for the top position in the in the draft uh really love both of their games uh, but then you got David Ajabo, the guy opposite Hutchinson. Big fan of this guy. His upside is through the roof. 6'5", 250, freaky athlete, great lateral athleticism, a good length. And, you know, he's, he's, he was building pass rush, his pass rush arsenal all season. He was adding new moves each week. So I love to see that linear growth. George Karloftis, super powerful rusher, uh, but then also has really good athleticism and closing speed and heavy hands, man. I, I really like that. Uh, it's not it's not my preferred mold, but he's a guy that, you know, he's going to cause some disruption. You just know it. So he's a fun one. Cameron Thomas, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Kingsley and Igbare. Uh, you, you got Boye Mafe. Minnesota fans might know him, but he's uh, he's projected to be a freak. There's reports that he's going to have a four, five, seven, forty and a forty one inch vertical, mm-hmm. which is just insane at six, four, two sixty five. And I recently finished his film evaluation and I was a pretty big fan. You know, he's still got to put put it together in terms of consistency but he definitely has you know he he definitely has a process oriented mindset can put together pass rushing moves and then the uh the explosiveness the bend the agility the power it's all there for him so he's another one and you know the 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 a good representation of how deep this class is i can't remember i don't know if he cracked my top 10 so you've got a ton mm-hmm. of guys you got sam williams you've got MyJ Sanders, there's just so much talent and so many different blends, so many different, you know, flavors of, of edge rusher. Do you want a power guy? Do you want a speed guy, a bendy guy? You know, this class has everything. And it's really, uh, 
you know, it, it's really a great year to need it, which, you know, if the Vikings need that pass rushing presence, you know, this is a great class to use those early round picks. I wouldn't wait until day three, although you can get guys there. But, you know, there's so much talent stocked in that top 100 range. You've got to capitalize on it. This is the year to capitalize on it. Yeah, they could be moving on from Daniel Hunter. Um, so, you know, have it, the, you know, the, the edge rusher class being this deep could be a reason why they do that because obviously they're going to be cheaper. Um, and Daniel Hunter's kind of dealt with some some pretty serious injuries the last two years. So if they move on from him, I could I could – this makes me believe maybe lean more that they might uh, obviously depends who they bring in as GM and, and head coach, but the, the, uh, the edge rushing class being that deep as much as you've, you've made it sound makes me believe that they, it's probably a good chance they might move on from him. Cause I believe his cap hit is like 18 or 26. I think it's 26 million uh, in 2022. And uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, if he doesn't come back, I could see them, Definitely uh, taking probably using their top pick or or their another higher pick, maybe even trading back in the first round to get an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, did Did you have another position? Group yeah, that, if I that if I had to pick deeper? another one, it would probably be corner okay. uh, cornerbacks, and, and I know the Vikings Perfect. need that too. So yeah, you're just <laughs> like, hey, we're we're lining up for these guys, right? But the Vikings, um, it, it's a good year to need edge and corner. Yeah, and you gotta certainly you gotta figure out how you're gonna spend those picks, right? Mm-hmm. Like you gotta figure you have got you gotta have a game plan coming in. But the corner class is pretty deep too. I think the edge class is a little bit deeper, uh, which is why I picked it first. But the corner class is nothing to slouch at, you, and it's another one where you've got a lot of different types of guys, mm-hmm. and, and it's a fun one. Uh, obviously up top i think there's like a five-way race for cb1 i think at, at this point it's narrowed down a little bit it's really between andrew booth and Derek stingley i think i have andrew booth a little bit higher i think Derek stingley right now is a little bit more refined as a cover man but both of them are super twitchy fluid explosive athletes they got elite ball skills at the catch point and i think the the deciding factor for me is that andrew booth he comes down he's an enforcer and run defense you know he's mm-hmm. very good at closing in on, on the, those outside runs engaging blockers and, and you know o- occupying space so on top of the elite coverage upside also has that physical aspect that you love so those guys are really fun ahmad gardner everyone saw him in the uh, playoffs yeah and, you know that i feel like that was a little overblown looking back on it because he wasn't lined <laughs> up with jameson the whole not even close to the whole game but you know when he was credit to him he, he took care of business and you saw mm-hmm. that one play where they were trying to get jameson the ball on the swing route uh, in the backfield and ahmad gardner just closed like a cannonball man and wrapped him up so that's what that six three athleticism gives you you know he's a freak athlete at six three uh, really physical, chippy corner. I, I would love to have him as my alpha. Uh, there's other guys too. There's Kyir Elam, a really fluid guy for his size at Florida. You got Roger McCreary, really twitchy corner, a little shorter arms, but you know, still very physical and disruptive from Auburn. Martin Emerson, Mississippi State. Uh, he's a long, explosive guy, and that's kind of the that's kind of the theme for this class. A lot of long, explosive guys who can be disruptive, who can make plays at the catch point. You love to see that. So I think. You know, looking at the, in the Washington guys, I almost forgot the Washington guys, man. Kyler Gordon, Trent McDuffie, those guys are going to blow the blow the roof off of the combine with their testing. So you look at this class and there's guys who can line up at the boundary. There's guys who can go into the slot and the boundary. There's versatility. You know, there's your alphas, your playmakers, your tacklers, your support guys, you know, anything you could need. Again, it's a, it's a really deep class with a lot of different types of players. So you know, I think if you need a corner, if you're the Vikings edge corner, it's checking off the boxes for you. You really mm-hmm. got to decide, though, 
what you're going to do at quarterback because I think that dictates the rest of your strategy. Because mm-hmm. obviously, if you don't that if you don't have that first round pick to get one of the best edges or corners available, then you've got to kind of find the value deals on day two. Which luckily for you, they're there. But it's mm-hmm. a little bit more difficult to sift through the action and pick them in that range. Whereas you could just get your best guy in round one. So. The, the, the strategy quarterback kind of dictates what you do. But, you know, luckily, there's a lot of different options to choose from. And, you know, you can be flexible. There's there's a lot of different avenues that they could take. For sure. I mentioned, you know, the Vikings may be moving on from Daniel Hunter. And um, look at the cornerback position. And they got to make a decision on Patrick Peterson if they want to bring him back or not. And you telling me this about the, the depth of the cornerback position makes me think that they might probably move on from him, too. and Because he, he's a little older. He's going to want, you know, a little bit more money than probably the Vikings are willing to pay. So, you know, this this is changing my my views on what the Vikings might do this offseason. And I don't think it matters if who comes in as a GM or not. I think a lot of GMs are probably going to come in and look at, you know, the depth of these positions in the draft and be like, why are we going to pay someone a bunch of money when we can just get someone who's cheaper and could be better uh, in the draft? All right. Let's move on from the draft. We'll finish this up with a guy that uh, you've been known to root for in the past. His name is Kirk Cousins. Uh, you're a Michigan State guy and a Washington football guy, or just I, always a Michigan State guy. I used to write for Washington, and the reason I chose Washington was because I was a Kirk Cousins fan. Right. Quarterback. right. That was actually how I got started at Fanside. It's right. a, you know interesting Easter egg there, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, there's a long history going to, going with Kirk Cousins, and that's so, just you know watching the uh, Cotton Bowl back against like Baylor. I think it was. Sure. You know, there's a lot of history that goes into that. <laughs> so. You know, the Vikings, they fired Mike Zimmer. They fired Rick Spielman. They haven't made the playoffs in three out of uh, Kirk Cousins' four years with the team. He's got one year left on his deal. I believe it's a $45 million cap hit if he stays on that one-year deal. Uh, $35 million if they trade him somewhere else. Um, what do you think they do? What do you think the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins? Yeah, yeah. And I, I've said, I, I've probably on the record on this podcast last year saying, hey, he's a guy you can win with. And I still believe in the right situation, he is a guy you can win with. But, you know, the right situation, I feel like people kind of underestimate how Uh delicate that is, how fragile that is. You really need the right situation. And, you know, looking back, I'm not sure the Vikings was the right situation for him. You know, Mike Zimmer, you know, and, you know, not getting an offensive coordinator who matched them, but also Kirk Cousins, you know, he's not quite the guy who can, you know, extend plays and go ad lib and improvise with a, you know, average offensive line too so you know it plays into his limitations and the vikings limitations but i I do think at this point if you're kirk cousins and if you're the vikings especially your contention window you know maybe two years ago you know you won that playoff game against new orleans you have a little bit of hope hey we can kind of springboard off of this and use that to attain more success at that point you could have been hopeful but now you know you fired your your gm and your head coach you are really primed to go full rebuild. And I don't think that Kirk Cousins fits uh, that anymore. I think the window for contention has passed. And, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't fit the team anymore. So I think you got to try and trade him. I think you have to, you know, I think you know, whether you get a rookie or a bridge guy uh, to start next year, maybe give Kellen Mond a world, see what happens there. You know, oh I think I think Kirk Cousins, I think his time is up. And y- you got to... You got to take take on some cap if you're going to trade him. You know, you sure. can't 
just offload that entire contract on a team. I'm not I'm not a cap whiz or an expert, so I don't know <laughs> the the intricacies of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I I'm pretty I'm willing to bet that you know, another team would not take Kirk Cousins if they take thirty five the full forty five million with them. So you know I think you're going to have to shoulder some of that cap. And I think the 2022 season is a good buffer to get through that and then officially reset, maybe get a 2023 quarterback or something in mm-hmm. the, the next year. But uh, Kirk Cousins at this point, get him to a place. And there's, I, I bet there'd be interest for him, you know, in some teams. We were talking about some some teams that are basically there, but just don't have a quarterback. You talk about maybe Denver, maybe Pittsburgh, yep. especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't hit the market, you know, mm-hmm. then that could maybe you know, kind of... St- keep things going, kind of move the gears a little bit with Kirk Cousins. So we'll see. You know, I do think in the right situation, he's a guy that you can win with. He's a top 12 to 14 quarterback in the league at his best, you know. Uh, so you look at that and you say, hey, that he can give us a shot. But for the Vikings right now, for what they need, they are in long-term rebuild mode now. They are in reset mode. And Kirk Cousins was supposed to take them over the hump and said they stalled and, and fell back over it. So you know, at that point, you just cut your losses and move on. Try to get some draft capital for him. Take on the cap and uh, take the next step forward without him into the next era. That's that's my that's my spiel on that. You know, I've always been a big fan of Kirk Cousins just because of you know being a Michigan State guy. But I'm willing to accept. You know, he hasn't done enough to, and he didn't do enough to to mm-hmm. you know be the guy for Minnesota. And now it's time to move on. Yeah, for sure. I think whenever, especially recently, whenever I suggest the Vikings should move on from him, it's never like. It's not like a complete knock on on you know Kirk Cousins as a player. Obviously, he puts up good numbers, but it's just not translating into the into success for the Vikings, and, and it hasn't worked for the last four years. And they don't they don't have a GM or a coach right now, so it's time to pretty much move on. I see you know there's some people that are like you know they should you know extend him and try and build around him, and I'm just like he's like 33, 34, like you know. It's best to just see what you can get for him right now in the trade market. You look at, you know, a team like the Chiefs who moved on from Alex Smith. They were pretty successful with Alex Smith, um, but they knew that he probably wasn't going to be the guy to get them over the hump. They took that risk with Patrick Mahomes. It paid off. Um, so I look yeah, at that. Think, you think about it too, you know, if you do start Kirk Cousins next year with a roster that's kind of in turmoil like this, assuming you cut other guys. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that he won't be worth as much as he is now because no. he didn't. He didn't have a bad season, no. you know. So I think that, and there were times when he looked like a pretty good quarterback. So I think, yeah. you know, if you go another year, he's going to be 34, maybe 35. I I can't remember. He's up there. He's getting in yep. the mid 30s. Yeah. So every year, it's kind of delicate. You don't want to mm-hmm. take that risk because if he turns out, if you try and extend him and keep building with him, and he regresses this year, mm-hmm. then you're stuck with that. You, you you know you don't get any capital for him. It's just it's a bad situation. But or everybody gets hurt. Yeah, exactly. So I think the the best the best option is to just kind of move on right now. For sure. All right, that's all I got for you today, Ian. Appreciate all the info you passed along today. I'm sure I'll try and get you back on when we we get closer to the draft, maybe around combine time as well too. Uh, but where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, so follow me at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine. Uh, Pro Football Network is at PFN365. That's where I've been sharing the uh, the uh, content. I've got a big draft profile thread on my uh, at the top of my. It's pinned on my profile, so you can scroll down there and read about guys that you're wondering about. Yeah, you got a uh, lot in there, right? Yeah, yeah, and we uh, we recently passed 200 total profiles for the for the site between myself and Ali. Uh, of course, if you see, if you're looking for a guy and you don't see him. Check the author page for Oliver Hodgkinson. He's got the rest of them. So uh, we've been kind of 
tag teaming it this year. It's been a, it's been a fun process, but you know, it, as you could probably tell, I am, you know, I have a bad problem where I'm gushing with too much draft knowledge. It's <laughs> like an eruption. I need to get it out somehow. So this is a good way to do it. Always happy to come on. Always happy to talk draft. And it's going to be a fun process, man. It's going to be fun to see what happens. For sure. Thanks again for coming on. Make sure to follow Ian and uh, check out Pro Football Network. They do a good work over there. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.